day four together of our look through Hebrews chapter six. We're talking this week about how you and I experience hope, hope in our lives. And in verses 13 to 17, the writer of Hebrews talks to us about one of the key components of hope in every one of our lives. It's the component of waiting. It is the experience of waiting. Let me read these verses and then we'll talk about what they mean and how waiting makes such a significant difference when it comes to hope in our lives. Verses 13 to 17. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his promise very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Now, these verses, 13 to 17, you see right there in the middle of it, verse 15, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. And on either side of it, there are these verses about the oath of God. In this, we see a fourth key to you and I living a life of hope, and that is you wait on the promises of God. You wait on the reliable promises of God. Now, before we talk about the waiting, just let me just touch on what he talks about on either side of that, and then we'll come back to that again later. In some ways, this is a legal passage. He talks about oaths. He talks about testimonies. It's almost as if he's saying God gave a written affidavit of what he would do in our lives. God's part of what he's going to do in our lives is this written guarantee, is his promise. And he swore by himself because there's no one greater to swear by. God's part is the promise. So what's our part? Our part is trusting the promise and receiving the promise. But in between the trusting and the receiving of the promise, there is one other decision we have to make, and that is waiting on the promise. So our part is trusting, then waiting, then receiving. And there is always a waiting before the receiving. There's always waiting between the trusting and the receiving. And waiting is hard. When we're waiting for the promise, we think, why isn't God working? When we're waiting for the promise, we think, what's wrong with me? Maybe I should be doing something different. And I just want to say to you, nothing is wrong. Waiting is a part of God's working. Maybe you need to memorize that phrase even. Waiting is a part of of God's working. Here is Abraham, the greatest example of faith in the entire Old Testament. The New Testament tells us he is the father of our faith. And the Bible says, after waiting patiently, he received what was promised. Because waiting was a part of God's working. In fact, if you take a close look at the Bible, you'll see very clearly that you wait for God's promise. In the Bible, from A to Z, people waited from God's promise. From Abraham, A, who waited for a son named Isaac, to Zechariah, Z, who waited for a son named John the Baptist. They both waited until they were old men for their first child to be born, for God's promise to be seen in their lives. From first to last in the Bible, people waited. From Genesis to Revelation, from Noah in Genesis, who waited over 100 years for the flood to come, to John in Revelation, who waited on the island of Patmos for Jesus to return again. You just take a list. Here's just a quick list of some familiar names of people who waited in the Bible. Paul, Nehemiah, Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Joseph, Mary, Peter, Joseph, different Joseph, David, Elijah, Ezra, 
Isaiah, Aaron, Adam, Esther, Ruth, Hannah, Hosea, Gideon, John the Baptist, Sarah, Leah, Martha, Lazarus, Joshua, Samuel, Caleb, Naaman, Naomi, Job. How about Job being the one who waited? That's just a partial list. The fact that you're having to wait for something does not mean something's wrong with your faith. And it does not mean that God is not hearing your prayers. Waiting was a part of the life of every great person of faith because waiting is a part of God's working. Now, I want you to notice, as we talk about Abraham, he waited, and so he received what was promised. I want you to notice again that on either side of this verse 15 are these verses about God's promise, the fact that God swears by himself, the fact that God confirms it with an oath. And as you look closely at what is being talked about here, the writer of Hebrews tells us, when you see that God has confirmed this with an oath, that he has sworn by himself. That, needs, that does two things in our lives when it comes to God's promise. First, it puts an end to all the argument. No argument about it. In verse 16, he says, it puts an end to all argument. Confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. God's promise isn't true. I can't trust God's promise. How do I know I can trust God's promise? Because God said you could trust his promise. Because God swore by himself. Anybody who wants to argue the circumstances of life and how they prove that God could not have promised misses the reality of life, the deeper reality than the circumstances, and that is who God is and that he's sworn by himself. So that's one thing that these oaths do. And then the second thing that these oaths do is in verse 17. They make the unchanging nature of his promises very clear. They help us to see that these promises lead to God's purposes being fulfilled in our lives. But waiting is a part of those promises becoming fulfilled purposes in our lives. That's why God made an oath. That's why God swore by himself, because he wants you to know you're waiting for some things. You're waiting for heaven. God's promise is sure. There's no argument about that. There is a certainty about that purpose. You're waiting for some ministry that you have dreamed of. You're waiting for some relationship that you're hoping will be healed in your life or become a reality in your life. You're waiting for growth. You're waiting for a deeper sense of God's presence in your life. You can depend on those things happening without argument, with deep certainty, because of the promise of God. Because of the promise of God. Waiting is a part of God's working in your life. So to sum this up, as you and I wait this week, wait for God's promises, there are two things that you need to do as you wait. You need to wait for the Lord and you need to wait in a crowd. You wait for the Lord. Now that's important because when we wait, when we wait for God to do something, to answer a prayer, when we wait for God to do something to begin a ministry, when we wait for God to do something to bring a healing, we wait for God to do something to bring some kind of growth into my life. What you and I tend to do as human beings is we tend to wait for the answer. Lord, when's the answer gonna come? When's the answer gonna come? When's the answer gonna come? But the Bible says instead that what we should do is we should wait for the Lord. Instead of waiting for an answer, you're waiting for a person. And the truth of the matter is when you do that, you realize the Lord's with me all the way through this. He's with me in the receiving of the promise. He's with me in the waiting for the promise. And he's with me in the trusting him in the first place for the promise. He's with me through it all, through every moment of it. And that does something very healing in my life and in your life when it comes to waiting. So instead of saying, Lord, when's the answer gonna come? 
You begin to wait for the Lord and you say, Lord, the answer is gonna come when you want it to come and that's gonna be the perfect time. Is there something I'm doing that's getting in the way of the answer? If it is, show me. But if not, I'm waiting for you. And I'd rather have the answer when you want to give it to me than me pushing for it in the wrong time because I trust you. Wait for the Lord. That's a trust. But you also wait in a crowd. That's why I shared with you earlier all these people from the Bible who had to wait for God's promise. Wait in a crowd. Realize that as you wait, you are not alone. That's what it means to be encouraged by fellow believers. That's what it means to be encouraged by God's word, to realize I'm not alone as I wait. Now, whatever you're waiting for right now, you've already made it, I'm sure, many times a matter of prayer. Let's talk to the Lord about it again together today. And just in your heart and your mind right now, in an attitude of prayer, say, Jesus, here it is again, what I'm waiting for. This change, this growth, this happening, this hope. Here's what I'm waiting for this person to be saved, this heart to be changed, my heart to be changed. Lord, here it is. And I realize now I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you to work. So I trust you to work. I trust that you're working even in the waiting. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me not to wait alone, to be reminded today of all these fellow believers throughout scripture who waited for you and to whom you showed yourself faithful. And to be reminded that there's believers all around me who are discouraged in the waiting sometimes too, who I can encourage today. Give me somebody to encourage today as they wait. Help me not to wait alone. Help me to wait in a crowd. Pray these things. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at the strongest verses about hope in this chapter. We're going to look at the anchor of hope in our lives. (music) 